Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? At 40. We're bigger than State of Origin, which is why we're on Wednesday this week, eh, boys? Uh, yes. And your host, Hamish. Ham isn't here. Is he going to come along, or is he a, I think he is a scratch. He is a scratch, yeah. He's, um... Okay. No, that's all good. All right. Well, let's just jump into the result from the weekend. So, uh, Eels improving. Our last meet against the Bulldogs was 32-10 victory. This time, 36-10 victory. Uh, try scorers, Ryan Madison, Mitch Moses, Sean Lane, Regan Campbell-Gillard, and a double on debut for Sean Russell. Moses perfect off the boot. A sin bin each. Uh, let's have a look at some of those team stats. Um, of course, NRL.com wants to be painful. Uh, <laughs> let's start with, no, here we are, 58% possession, uh, 78% completion rate, which must have been a bit of a miracle considering what our first half Yeah, it was like 60, um, 61%. Rate was. It was awful. So I think we were like 90% in the yeah. second half. I think we, or more, we must, miss, I think we missed one set in the second half. So it was like 22 or 23 or 23 or 24 or something like that. That's what you want. Um, 621 to 435 post-contact metres, five line breaks to one, 27 tackle breaks to 13. And was it Papa Lee contributed 11 of those again this week? I think they had him, at least Fox Sports had him down for 11, um, which I believe they were saying on the broadcast is like a two-game record for a forward uh, in terms of tackle breaks. So he... um, Back-to-back records or... Yeah. yeah. So NRL.com has him down for nine, but uh, Fox had him for 11 for certain. So there you go. And look at that average play the ball speed, four seconds kills to the Bulldogs, 3.31. And shove that in Trent Barrett wants to be complaining <laughs> about penalties and six agains. Like, come on. Uh. Um, all right. Uh, the rest, seven offloads to four. So we clamped down on the offloads in the second half. Um, they outkicked us. Three force dropouts to four. Uh, 94% effective tackle percentage, which is not bad. Um, Bulldogs having to make an extra 50 tackles, mixing an extra 14. And 13 errors to the Bulldogs' 10. Um, so winning the penalties, one against us to four against the Bulldogs. Ruck infringement's the same. One against us to six against the Dogs. And most of those coming later in the tackle count. And I think I heard on your review you said only four interchange use, but here it's got the Bulldogs down for six. So don't know what you were smoking, Forty. Uh, Bertie, <laughs> how did you see things? It was frustrating in the first half because uh, it's been it's been raining for the past or Friday till Sunday, and it's just we just like to play um, dry weather football when it's wet weather. Like we we know the Bulldogs, um, they don't they just play a boring style of football where they don't they don't give much errors and like kind of like the Warriors during. Um, beginning of the year where they just literally complete their set and literally frustrate you so we're just doing cutout like there was one pass where instead of doing a cutout just put it through the hands and I don't know just they just frustrate us frustrate us for some reason and you'd think you know Bulldogs being a lesser quality team like they shouldn't be frustrating you they've got no niggling players like, oh, I think they do have a couple of niggly players I'd, I'd yeah, well, Hev- Hevrington, Hevrington made it his like, mission to to shit stir and niggle and and cheap shot as much as possible, and he got away with it to an extent. Uh, I think there was one sh- tackle and deal where he nearly decapitated him, but managed to just clip him on the shoulder, which has been a penalty ever since the crackdown started. But no, no sim or anything, but a penalty, and the referee just let play go on. So, uh, like, yeah. like you made you said earlier, some stats like they had like they beat us four line dropouts to three. I think they had like three of them. The last ten minutes, like we didn't touch the ball from the twenty-fifth minute mark in the first half, and you know they put it down to us dropping the ball. Like we had, like I think we had like seven errors, and in the second half, it just shows you, you can't play in these conditions because we turned it up. And I don't know, it's just I think they just I think they're confident, but they feel as though they have to get out to a three try or four try lead at half time to sort of like keep that buffer because the Bulldogs they were nothing. They were just 
they, they literally had nothing until we started dropping the ball and handing them cheap possession. And like, um, if a team that doesn't not going to drop the ball, not going to turn it over that much, you have to literally nail your sets. And um, I thought uh, uh, Lusik did all right. He had a, he had a good couple of kicks um, in him, and but um, obviously there's a clear gap him and Marnie. So yeah, I thought um, Papali was once again good. Um, Madison was really good. I like I liked what he offered. Um, Russell was okay. Like I was a bit worried coming into this game because Kotrick's a big winger. And Katoa is also a sort of biggish winger, so like we'll be a bit light on that side. So and especially whether we where you get dragged back, I just thought with him and Dunster will be um, a bit exposed, but we're okay there. So I'm happy with that. And um, yeah, the future's bright there on the edges. Paramount. Okay, you forty. Yeah, that first half was obviously uh, rather frustrating. There was a number of really lack, uh, uh, slack and lacking errors. I suppose uh, I think off the top of my head, Sean Lane had one. Uh, where at least he redeemed himself in the second half, but geez, it was a frustrating error coming in the back of a. It was either a penalty or a set restart, and then in the first tack we just dropped the cold. Uh, and then we had uh, Tom Opachuk had a couple where uh, regulation passes back on his inside. I think Hayes had a nice little inside pass at one point that had a little something cooking back on the inside if he linked up support, but Tom dropped it. Um, so that really was the um, the tone of those early engagements. And to the dogs' credit, they played some good football in the first half. And I feel like if they were playing one of the non. Uh, elite teams like you know the top four or five teams in the competition the way they were playing would have put them in a competitive stead against a lot of rosters um, but the Eels soaked it up and obviously turned on the afterburners in the second half um, Brad Arthur where he gave him a rocket or just you know uh, streamlined the game plan one way or another they managed to get the job done in that second stanza um, you know we talked about redemption shoreline before it was a bit of a, a giant brick Kenny play there the big dummy at the fullback which was the right play it wasn't like you know a selfish play that came off um, there was uh, the fullback cheating on towards Guffs in there, and then there was a support runner going down Nathan Brown. So he actually read it correctly, so well done, Delaney, there. Um, Ice obviously had an incredible game, uh, 230-something metres off 19 carries, 11 tackle busts. Uh, he was desperately unlucky not to score a couple of times where they pulled him down with a few metres to the line. Uh, I liked what we did with Sean Russell in terms of protecting him. Um, didn't try to overburden the young winger. And um, we obviously looked to try and butter him up with some uh, tries there because we kicked ahead from the scrum. Uh, in that second half before he'd scored his two tries, looking to use his speed and get him get him a chance to score. And then when he did score, the entire team jumped on him, which you love to see. But yeah, I, I do like how he rallied in the second half. Um, the, the biggest issue outside of this game from uh, the first half uh, beyond that was in the second half, you saw Nathaniel Roach get injured, which really sucked because he's a guy that has battled and battled his way back from some of the most crippling injuries you'll see for a professional footballer, you know, ACLs, Achilles, back injuries. Um, and, you know, he came in and, it started looking good, had a couple of runs, and then in an innocuous tackle, he just sort of got up slowly, and uh, it turns out he hurt his knee. And I think uh, the injury report is a, a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not nebulous, but like a, a not as uh, informative as it could be. So maybe it's not as bad as it was made out to be. So yeah, just I like the fact that um, against a team that has constantly tried to spoil the contest for us, because uh, that's how they've you know had any sort of degree of success against us, um, even though we got sucked into their pace in the first 40 minutes, we managed to recover and uh, force the game back to our terms in the second half. So well done to the team in that regard. Yeah, I thought um, we were really lacking in that, that meterage out of our own end from wingers. Like usually we've had yeah, those two big bodies, Simo or was, Virgo. That was always a concern, wasn't it? We spoke about it in the podcast last week was uh, uh, if we didn't have Sivo and we went for a, another option outside of Ferguson, you're looking at two wingers that will try. Like, you know, Sean Russell, 121 metres, uh, Hayes Dancer 100 metres. So they, they tried, but it just the impact wasn't there as opposed to what Sivo and Ferguson can do at their best. And uh, yeah, I thought Wanga stepped up a bit to take a couple of those tough carries. So that was nice of him. 
Um, Origin Opacek not having a, a very good first half, which might have sealed his fate in regards to Origin, unfortunately for him. Um, but again, Isaiah Papali, that left edge, he just absolutely destroys pe- uh, teams on his own. It's um, incredible what he's achieved through the really hard effort that he put in <laughs> in that preseason. It's all paying off. You'd think we would have paid you know six seven hundred thousand dollars to get him from the Warriors. That what a story he has been for us. Um, and you'd like to think that the club has uh, uh, got negotiations forthcoming with him to lock him down for a few more years because he has been outstanding. He's only 22, isn't he? Yeah, uh, absolute baby. There's a couple of guys that are shockingly young. Like we, we spoke about Keegan Hipgrave before. I know he's not you know a core contributor to the team, but I think he's only 24. Um, Ice, 22. So there's a number of these guys that have come in and you know the you know even Bryce. Bryce is far from old. So they've um they've found some young guys, relatively speaking. Um, and absolutely speaking for Isaiah's uh, case, um, that are going to be uh, big-time contributors for the team for years to come. Uh, Reg, I thought, was pretty unsung in the middle, even though he bagged that uh, meat pie. That's uh, that's probably more tries than he scored in the rest of his career this year, isn't it? Yeah, he is, he is on a try-scoring tear, isn't he? Um, that was a lovely little bit of work from Junior as well. Uh, the obviously had sold to the defence that they were going to go to the outside with the uh, the classic you know block shift, and I uh, just found Reg on that really silky flat ball. Name a better player who has better handling in wet weather football because Junior, I don't know if he's got like the sticky tape out there or like the um, it's just, it, everything just sticks to his hand. Like, and you'd think with um, like you know we we all watch Fui when he used to play. Like he he was no wet weather football. <laughs> like just he, he had that uh, near drop in the first half that he managed to reel in. Yeah, um, actually, a few like, players that did that. But yeah, Junior's got like, some phenomenal hands. It's got to be timing or something, or like it just like even he just times it like as it just bounces and lifts up. Around, like, yeah, just that pass to Reg, like he just feels though. Like when when he started first playing ball playing, I was getting a bit nervous, thinking, mate, that's not your job. Your job is just to get forward. But man, he he does set up a lot of our uh, yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, like, we're we're just, pretty blessed between him and Brownie. We've got two uh, very skilled uh, middle forwards that can distribute the ball and play at the line. Um, without, you know, compromising their ability to run the ball too. You know, you look like Jake Dubovic, who is a bit of a softy these days when it comes to cutting the ball up with intent, even though he distributes the ball a lot. With, with Brownie and Junior, we've got guys that the defence has to respect for their ability to put the ball on the arm and just tear in. And that was, uh, yeah, Reg's fourth try, by the way. So he is absolutely on a tear. Um, he is a try-scoring sensation. Um yeah, I thought that first half obviously underwhelming, but given the run home, we've got to start getting comfortable being uncomfortable, um, which is being up against it, especially where, uh, you know, as as much as we won the six-again count and the uh, penalty count, if they were playing to the interpretations that they were when the six-again started, um, Chechen could have blown about 20 more pen, uh, twenty more six-agains in that first half for us because the Bulldogs were just absolutely trying to get away with murder in the ruck, uh, laying in, uh, leg twists, um, just constant, and hands on the ball constantly. Uh, they were cheating on the 10 metres the whole of that match. Um, it was just, it, it was constant, but that's what it's going to be like when we get to later in the season, when we play those top four teams and you get into the finals where um, essentially that's part of it. It's who can cheat the the best and, you know, the Storm won the grand final that way by doing that for the first 25 mm-hmm. minutes of the grand final. Yeah, last completely year. spoiling Penrith's game plan and their ability to, uh, you know, win the control of, of the ruck. Yeah, that's right. So we've got to, yeah, again, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and, and, and figure out ways to to navigate around that you know if you're going to play a compressed defense see how we can get out wide we're one of the best teams you know up with Storm and Penrith and 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 Souths in being able to spread that ball um, quickly to the wings 
Um, so perhaps earlier in those uh, tackle counts where we're not making much meterage, we should look to sort of go through that option rather than do that one out football up the middle, um, which, you know, you've got Nathan Brown who's always going to bite down on the, the mouth guard and, and charge <laughs> into the defensive line. Uh, but sometimes you might be better trying to go around as opposed to straight through. But kicking behind, like, uh, just kicking behind, you know, our centers are pretty quick. Like, Wonga Blake is very quick, you know, like, just. They did try that off the scrum play. I, I did like that. That was a bit a bit arsy by Moses. Almost got there. Yeah, uh, yeah. They obviously looking to feed Sean Russell there it was a, a cute little move, and it resulted in a line dropout, didn't it? It did. Yeah, so, so. it was it was well executed. So that the you know the fallback there was obviously another repeat possession. So that was good to see. Um, yeah, and in the second half, you could see that we just like we we found our tempo on that game. We stopped letting the dogs get to us. We stopped being our own worst enemies of some of those unforced errors. And, you know, once we get even into second gear, Canterbury had nothing to go off us. And even as, even as I praised them earlier, saying that they felt, if they were playing one of the other lesser teams in the comp, I, I legitimately think that they could have gone, the way they played in the first half, they could have gone toe-to-toe with plenty of other teams. We saw them knock over the Dragons last week or the week before now. Um, and, you know, the Dragons obviously very mercurial, ranging from being a, a top-eight team to being a bottom-four team. But Canterbury played a, a very strong game plan, and it just the Eels showed that, you know, they've got the... The, both the quality and the the tank, like the petrol in the tank, to go uh, just deeper than that sort of team like Canterbury. And the penalty try, we're all happy with that. Oh, mate! Uh, only, he was yeah. yeah, the only question about that is, is uh, it brought up the idea that maybe a player should also be simbined. Um, but that's the way it is, isn't it? You either get the penalty try and no simbin, or the simbin and no try. Um, but yeah, Moses was clearly going to be the first one to the ball there. And yeah. like you got to look at it, like people, people. One of our biggest issues this year also is our market. And he was sprinting from marker. So that was a breath. You know, there, was a, there was a couple of times Bryce, Bryce Cartwright, I thought, had a couple of huge plays from dummy half, uh, from marker, sorry. Uh, there was one where he ended up making the tackle when, <laughs> was it uh, Dylan Harper was <laughs> caught standing in the line uh, as they were trying to shift the ball. Uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, marker defense at times has been a little bit sloppy for us throughout the year. But I thought against the Dogs, there were some couple of occasions where they made big efforts and they were rewarded. All right, well, I think we'll wrap that up there for the first grade chat. Uh, we've got the bye this weekend with Rep Round, and then it'll be on to Friday night against Penrith. So we'll preview that match on the next uh, podcast. Um, all right, let's uh, look what, at... What, oh, oh, what do you want to think of Roach? Um, he's, de- he's debuted. Do you think... Um, I thought he was starting yeah. to ease himself into a really good spot and then got hurt. I, I thought he was starting to... Need more data. Yeah, yeah, more data, definitely. The sample size, too small. But he uh, was starting to jump out of dummy half... Um, I would have loved to have seen him attacking the line in the red zone because he's an absolute nugget um, and has a little bit of that Brandon Smith quality where he's hard to tackle. So that would have been good. Um, the only other big thing for me out of this game was uh, Mitchell Moses finally got off the nudie run, right? Was it? No, that was against uh, the Tigers. He did that, right? Yeah, that was last yeah, week. So, but so in like- terms of nudie run, watch Will Smith, Nathaniel Roach, so and Wiram Greg and Keegan Hipgrave from players that have played. So for Roach and Greg, they might be in a bit of trouble. So going forward, like when Reed comes back, do you want to have him on the bench, like a more attacking hooker, or do you want a more defensive one in Lussick, like going forward? I think we probably go back to yeah, Will Smith plus three, right? And and just have Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith plus three. And if we do need a backup hooker on the bench, that's a, actually it is an interesting question because I feel like you'd go with Nathaniel Roach, assuming that he was healthy. Um, and that's not a knock on Lussick, who's been outstanding, because I feel like Lussick's the long-form guy. He's the one that if uh, Reed is down – He's the one that's going to be getting, you know, 60-plus minutes every week. Yeah, I agree with that. You want Nathan, uh, sorry, uh, Nathaniel Roach as the spark plug sort of guy? Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right, well, let's have a look at Jersey flag going down, unfortunately, to the Bulldogs, 32-16, to 16, but that Bulldogs team is very good in the flag. Um, so try scorers, uh, Tarsi James, Gabriella Kalachi and Oliver Clements, um, Kosh Schneider and Connor Garrity getting goals and missing a penalty goal. Um, so 10-16 at halftime, but Bulldogs ran away with it in the second half. Um, did anybody get out for that? I did not. No. no I don't, think, right, I don't well, think I even got a report from um, 60s this week. I feel like um no one got out to that one. So dropping yeah, the ball. Yeah, the dropping the ball at TCT. Yeah, What's going on? A, a rare um bad week for us at TCT. Um, but it looks like the same issues have been plaguing these boys. And we were spoken about it. they are an understrength for us. They've got a lot of very young kids in there, um, in some key positions and robbed of their blue chip talent with the guys that are either playing first grade or uh, Reggie's these days, like uh, Jake Arthur, Sean Russell, and whatnot, and even um some like Solomon and Iduki who would have been, you know, a huge in for them is about up playing New South Wales Cup and doing a great job. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate for them this year, um, but they're just going to keep plugging away. And, you know, the, especially the SG Ball guys that are up there playing this year will be much better for their run in the flag uh, heading into 2022. All right, then let's talk about the uh, reserve grade knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. Eels 22 over the Mounties 6. I want to say the Mounties beat us earlier in they the did. year, didn't they? Yeah, they raced out to an 18-point lead in the first 10 minutes. Uh uh, Lewis, uh, Lachlan Lewis had the ball on a freaking string and had a couple of kicks that were just outrageous bounces and we fought back but couldn't gun him down. All right, try scorers uh, El Zakahem, Wiramu Greg, Solomon Naiduki and Blake Ferguson uh, and then three from four off the boot. So uh, pretty much on top in the majority of this game. Yeah, this was a interesting one because it was played in uh, sort of two different games of conditions. There was uh, Sun early and then Greece later on and the Eels had the ascendancy in terms of possession and territory throughout the first half but weren't able to convert that into a huge advantage going in at half time I believe uh, it might have been 10-6 or 12-6 I'm not sure if the misconversion was in the first half um, so it really left the, the Bulldogs or Mounties in that contest but managed to secure it in the second half um, I know that Fergo's try was a little bit against the run of play going most length of the field off a drop ball from the Dogs or Mounties and doing it, but they all sort of grind ground out the visitors before then. So, yeah, not a pretty game, but they you know doing a good job just winning those sort of ugly contests. Uh, Mounties obviously pip them earlier. Um, Mounties are a top six team, and in doing this uh, and securing that win, the Eels actually moved to outright uh, second or continue to be an outright second. I'm not sure. I think the Magpies must have lost last week. So yeah, they're Penrith doing, in first. Yeah, yeah, Penrith a runaway first. Uh, they've got uh, a six point buffer on us. So we'd need them to absolutely collapse and us to just keep winning to uh, catch them. So it's unlikely that we will. But the fact that we're an outright second this late into the season with the team uh, that we have, given that it's you know, such a development vehicle this year, and we've had like a lot of walking guys off the street, Kurt Dillon, Kai Rodwell, uh, Lala Toll, Mata Arthur. Just trying to think of who else has been. Uh, a, a, I mean, you talk about Hayes Perriman and uh, William McGregor too coming in. Uh, earlier in the season after transferring from other clubs. So they've been, you know, put together on the fly with a lot of moving pieces and then they've been so good. And there's been a couple of guys that have been outstanding. Makassi Makatoa again, I think he went for 250 metres this game. Yeah, 23 runs, 250 metres. Uh, just absolute unit. Um, he feels like we've got like another Andrew Davey on our hands here, a mature age rookie that could legitimately be a contributor at some point for the Eels, which is awesome. Um, I thought Solomon Iduki had his best game ever in the seniors. Uh, 202 metres for the big man there from 15 carries, scored a try with some nice ball play from Will Penasini down the short side. And uh, Will Penasini himself, 180 metres, uh, yeah, 180 metres and um, some good defence again. Yeah, 10 tackles, one miss. So 
all the young guys getting some good uh, some good uh, games there. The only two that would really knock, and probably part of that was a function of the fact that Will Smith was a dummy half, and you know Smith is good as utility is. It's not an eighty minute dummy half. The fatigue factors in on the quality of his service, but I think that Rankin and Arthur got a little bit too sideways this game, and that's part of the reason why we weren't able to convert that early pressure into points. And in the second half, they fixed it up a little bit, and that's why we managed to secure the win. You got to congratulate. You know, both Rankin and Arthur, like each week they're coming up against like ex-NRL players. This past week they were versing, you know, Lachlan Lewis and Flanagan. Flanagan was playing for the Roosters last year. Like, it's just every week they seem to be up against... I mean, the, they've, been a, they've been a rock-solid pairing. They're a huge part of the reason why we're, you know, coming second. Um, you know, obviously Jake earned an NRL co-op on the back of his form. Jordan Rankin's been very good and a, a very consistent goal kicker, which is a huge factor. So both of them been really good. And, and the dummy halves, both playing first grade that week been outstanding for the grade. So they've had some really good contributors across the spine. Hayes Perrin probably had his first, uh, best game at fullback for the Eels there. Um, but yeah, you talk about the, the quality of opposition for the halves. Um, you know, Will Penasini has had a fantastic season in that regard. He's met NRL caliber centers almost every game, and he's going to be that much better for that entire experience. So yeah, this this team is just really fun. I, I you know I've been able to forgive some of their losses because of the inexperience but the wins have been so fun to watch. So credit to um, Ryan Carr and uh, both Brad Arthur and Mark O'Neill for all the you know, systems in place uh, for the Reggies now because it's an incredible vehicle for talent development, it looks like. Very much so. All right, well, let's jump into injury news. So Reed Marnie is expected to return, not against the Panthers, but after that match, the bye in our Round 18 clash against the Gold Coast Titans. Did they fix it? Because they said the Knights originally, didn't it? Yeah, they've fixed that since then. So, <laughs> um, But an injury coming out of the weekend, we removed Greg ankle syndesmosis and Nate Roach knee bruising. So, um, yeah, quite vague. You are right, um, 40 yeah, in so respect of Klopp that has, injury report. has indicated that Greg will go for surgery for his syndesmosis. So assuming that surgery would indicate a worst-case diagnosis, you're looking at probably 12 weeks, um, you know, with my uh, Dr. Webb and the... Uh, PhD right there, but just based on what we've seen in NRL before, worst case uh, syndesmosis tends to be about three months um, and knee bruising for Roach. Yeah, so I think the concerns initially was a dislocated uh, patella, which can um, be real tricky. So if it's just really bad bruising, I think they'd probably get a, a few weeks off. And the fact that we've got this week's pseudo buy plus a, a does a NRL, sorry, if I quickly go to the draw. I thought he had an ankle injury the way he was like dragged back down first grade in that tackle. I was looking for a you know, rolled ankle or like even syndesmosis. So to see a knee injury is sort of a little bit easier. Yeah, you know, a little so bit light on. He's got he's got the bye this week or the origin bye this week. We play Penrith and then the, their bye coincides with our bye. So he's got a little bit of time to heal up there depending on what uh, bone bruising means for the knee. So, yeah, but like you said, buddy, it was a little bit weird because he didn't look like he was in a, an incredible amount of pain. He was sort of just, you know, I don't know if he's just a one tough hombre, which is quite possible given what he's been through. But yeah, he was walking post-game. I know that 60s um, caught him outside the stadium and uh, Rochi ended up signing some stuff for some uh, some big fans, so well done to him there. Uh, so maybe it's not a bad injury, which would be awesome because he's been really good in Reggie's and he's a player that I think can be a contributor for us. Definitely. And then, of course, um, uh, there was one more person on that Stone? injury report. Yeah, Raymond Stone. So back for the, he's back for back the back Panthers, so he'll play Reggie's, you'd think. Yes. Um, all right, well, with not much to preview, there's some um, schoolboy comp coming up. Is that this weekend, 40? Uh, they've been playing the uh, CH, so high, combined high schools, combined independent schools, combined Catholic colleges, has been going on through the week. And um, we've got, uh, I know that we've got players in, especially the Catholic college, was it, I, I linked? 
So in the combined high schools, I know we had uh, just uh, it was Nicholas Lenars playing for the CHS, but in the CCC, so combined Catholic colleges, uh, Josh Alzheim, who played interchange uh, edge forward for us in the mats, is playing wing, and he scored. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he scored a, a cracking try where he beat about half the team, um, which is very much the way he plays. He's a tackle busting wrecking ball. Uh, so Alzheim, Jock Brazel, Charlie Geimer, and Miles Martin, and Ethan Sanders are in the uh, CCC. And then in the CIS, Combined Independent Schools, uh, that's my old uh, school branch from back in uh, way back in the day now. Uh, I think Patrick Spence is playing alongside the, the Stratus Twins, so Dom and Raf, all in the starting team there. So we've got a few reps in the uh, Schoolboys Carnival there, which is always good to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, other football on this weekend, Friday night, 7.45pm, taking place on the Sunshine Coast. Here's the Queensland, Queensland Maroons against New South Wales Sky Blue Women's State of Origin. Um, always a good uh, turnout in that competition. So, so hopefully the future Blues can get one there as well, maybe. Depending on what that uh, re- the relocation uh, draft or distribution of our talent means, could be some future reels on show. I know. Yeah. The, what, what's the proposal? It's the top twenty-four, and then they'll spread them equally. Yes, among, I, I believe um, that. They're the century contract the top players there, the top twenty-four, like you said, and then spread them out. And it was interesting. The the I don't know who was in the Broncos. I forget the name, but they were, they were very adamant that it shouldn't happen because it's you know not right just because the Broncos have won every tournament for the last three years or something like that. So no, um, some talent distribution to do the competition wonders and yeah, the uh, state of origin has always been a great showcase in the women's game. Um, and it's been awesome at North Sydney Oval, and I hope that the crowd gets out there uh, for the Sunshine Coast game. Yes, and then on to Sunday, only one eel taking place. In this match is the Maroons against the Blues, uh, taking place at Suncorp Stadium, 7.50pm. Um, Blues pretty short price favourites in this one, and probably deservedly so. Um, your takes on Reese Walsh, uh, I think it's disgusting. And, uh, and and very, um, very. it's something that like New South Wales would have done 10 years ago. Like, it, it does wreak a desperation. I know that he's been having an outstanding rookie campaign, but yeah, it's kind of like... you. You think about the New South Wales halves that they sort of chewed through and through to the wolves during that era of Maroon dominance with the uh, the Smith led dynasty, and yeah, may- maybe as an outstanding game because you know we saw you know uh, the uh, former eel who was very good but did some very stupid stuff off the field had an incredible debut um, on the wing for the Blues, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it- it feels like they're making a, a almost a sacrifice out of him, doesn't it? Because you got Val Holmes, who's a more than competent fullback. I know you didn't get Cal uh, Ponger and uh, the the Titans fullback AJ Brimson uh, are both unavailable. But sure, you could make do with uh, with Valentine. I don't I don't know. But maybe he has a man of the match performance, but they're definitely uh, throwing him into a, a very difficult uh, rookie experience. Yeah, you're not wrong. And considering he was so. Um out of position and, and got found out a bit by Jake Clifford and Mitch Pierce yeah. on the weekend. You know, it's sort of, it begs wonder when you've got Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai who have both shown um, Jerome Luai short kicking game, Nathan Cleary, he can put up some bombs right onto dime. So, and yeah, I, and there's going to be, I know we're talking about how you, you can't belt players the way you used to in State of Origin, but you can, you know, bet your bottoms all over that kick chase is going to be led by some of the big boppers and they're going to absolutely look to bury him. So it's gonna he's gonna get banged up this game. I feel like, yeah, uh, we'll want to win that battle through the middle. And Junior Paula gets a starting gig this game, so um, he'll be up against Josh Papali'i and Christian Welch. Yeah, June's getting the call up to the starting teams. Awesome. 
Um, he well deserved. I know that the injury to Jack Dubovic facilitated his promotion, but I thought he was excellent in his 30 minutes in State of Origin 1. Um, I didn't realise it, but that iconic image of uh, Jerome Luai standing over Felice Kafusi, giving him an absolute gobful, was from that kickoff return that Junior made and flattened Kafusi. So that was a, a nice little tie-in there. Made that moment a little bit sweeter. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to what Junes can do. Um, the battle between him and Papa Lee is going to be epic. Bertie, you got any comments on State of Origin? No, he is, uh, he's he's, he's he's AFK for a few minutes. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, I mean, you spoke about it, Hamish. Um, it'd be almost criminal if the Blues don't win here. They're incredibly short price favourites. Freddie hasn't won in Suncorp, but that's no excuse. Um, the way his team is stacked this year, just one to seventeen is ridiculous. The there's, there's you know talk about the backline being the best backline ever assembled for New South Wales, and it sort of deserves those plaudits. But equally, the forward pack's incredible. You know, now that Jake Dubovic is out, uh, I feel like they've got a you know Junes and sorry Junes and uh, Saifidi starting with Payne Haas off the bench is just a ridiculous one two three rotation. And uh, the only thing is that bench maybe a little. I know Angus Crichton's pretty big, but probably. You know, maybe a little bit light. Uh, yeah, perhaps. well, Lee, Lee Martin's probably in place of Liam. Yeah. yeah, Lee Martin's probably a little bit lucky to retain his spot. Not not saying he's not a good prospect, but in his first game, I mean, he had two runs for twelve meters and twelve tackles, three or four missed. So um, probably a bit fortunate there. And like you said, you could have gone with Finucane or you know even someone like Reg if you wanted to really bring the beef. But yeah, I think that Gus and Haas really bring some impact off that bench. You know. You know in another world, you know, if he wasn't spent, Angus is starting, and but Tarek Sims had a great game in game one too. So, yeah, I mean, Blues by, you'd think, a canter here. Yes, one would hope. Um, all right, well, let's wrap up the podcast here. Um, again, we've got the bye coming up after Penrith. Um, oh, here we are. Birdie says New South Wales wins 32-18. to 18. The Fox, first time try scorer. I don't know. I wouldn't be putting Fox into too many multis. Not, not after that. what happened last game. <laughs> oh, there was some massive uh, multis I saw, you know, you know, seven or eight leg uh, same game multis where all it needed was Fox ATS, you know, any time try scorer. <laughs> it just never went his way. Uh, yes, uh, unfortunate for him, but, you know, fuck your uh, multi, uh, <laughs> yeah, as exactly. Fox would probably say. Um, all right, well, let's wrap it up there, and we'll catch you next week. Uh, hopefully get this one out next Wednesday in a prep for our upcoming clash against Top of the mm-hmm. Table, Penrith. That's it. Oh, well, sorry, they're coming second now. So Yes, yes, so, um, and a chance for the Eels to match them on points, right, if we win, because they dropped two in a row. So if we actually win, their four and against is better, but... Uh, Yes, a win would jump us up to equal points, and we're 111 yep. for and against. So if we smash him by 60, we'll leapfrog him on, on points too, points to retro. So, uh, uh, big game, man. Eh? Go to Blues and go to the Eels. Cheers. Catch you on the next one.